Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Great Days Outdoors. Are you looking for that one-of-a-kind Christmas or birthday gift? If so, head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com and check out the best gifts for outdoorsmen 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find an awesome gift for the outdoorsmen on your list. Just head over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash best gifts for outdoorsmen to check it out. And also brought to you by The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it is a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where The Hunting Exchange steps in. The Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal. And as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms. And listing items is also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or knives. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. Pyramid Air. Pyramid Air is your go-to resource for all things air gun. Whether you want a CO2 air pistol for your son to go planking or a 50 caliber air rifle that you can take on your next big game hunt, it's their goal to help you enjoy your gun. Shop online or call them toll-free at 1-888-262-4867. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, live online chat with seasoned shooters, and a state-of-the-art tech department ready to help you fix, upgrade, or tune your air gun. PyramidAir.com. Big selection, fast shipping. The air gun experts. Find them at PyramidAir.com. I'm your host, Joe Baia, here today with my co-host, Clint Flowers. And today we are going to be talking about aging deer with our expert, Heather Stevens, with DeerAge.com. We're going to be looking into really everything you need to know to be able to age a deer, not only on the hoof, but, but really more importantly, after the kill and, and why that's important. But before we get there, let's go get another timber market update with Timber Mart Sal. Joining us today is Jonathan Smith, the Executive Director of Timber Mart South for this week's current timber market prices update. In this week's segment, we're going to be looking at timber prices for the state of Texas. Jonathan, welcome back to Huntland. What's been happening in Texas and what data set are we going to be looking at today? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Good to be with you guys. And uh, today we're going to be looking at the third quarter uh, 2021 data set. You know, before we jump into this data set, we're seeing some shakeups in the market right now that are uh, very dependent on weather and things that have gone on in those regions. Are these increased prices that we're seeing, are they affecting Texas? There is some increase. Uh, I'll talk about that when we get to the prices, but most everything is up slightly quarter over quarter. Um, But uh, again, we have a large influence uh, from your larger timber owners are in the regions and so uh, they're doing daily business so they're not necessarily capitalizing on a lot of the spot markets that we're seeing recently got a lot of data that is built up throughout the quarter Uh, so we do see some uptick but we're not truly 
supporting that instantaneous spot market, if you will. Yeah, makes sense. So, I mean, talking about Texas, uh, what are we looking at for the pine and the hardwood uh, prices? So for third quarter 2021, we reported price pine salt timber price of thirty ninety six for Texas state average. Pine chipping saw was fourteen fifty five, and pine pulpwood was twelve twenty one per ton. What about those hardwood prices? Hardwood prices uh, were a little bit better. Uh, hardwood salt timber was at thirty two ninety eight per ton, and hardwood pulpwood was eleven nineteen a ton. Jonathan, how does that compare in Texas to the the four four quarter average? Four-quarter average, uh, those prices are relatively flat. There's some increase there. Pine salt timber is up uh, $0.85, cent, so you're up almost a dollar there. Pine chipping saw is really and truly flat, very little change. And then pine pulpwood, it's up about $2.90. Uh, so uh, you've gotten a little increase there on your pulpwood side of things uh, for pine. Uh, hardwood uh, up about a dollar uh, compared to the four quarter average and uh, then for hardwood pulpwood again up about three three and a half three dollars and sixty five cents so you, you can see that the recent weather and recent activity out in Texas is having some impact but uh, uh, all in all if you look at it on long-term trend chart uh, those numbers are pretty flat Clint, when you see flat prices like that, you, you know, you're thinking about your property. If you do go under contract uh, with a timber sale, are you thinking about keeping your duration of that contract shorter? I mean, what, what goes into your mindset when you're thinking about the length of that contract? And, uh, you know, hopefully you would see prices improve, but if they did and you were under contract back at those old prices, you kind of SOL, I guess, in that case. Yeah. I mean, if you want to capitalize on it, it, there's things that goes into clients minus, you know, whether or not it's going to affect their hunting season and, and in the long term scheme of things, that's not always super important, but in the short term, it's usually important to all of us that use our property like that, you know, so you want to try to keep it as short as possible, but you still got to be reasonable. Um, because if this is a weather related event, you know, if, if we continue to get the weather that's caused that market jump, it may keep them out of there and you lose the contract and, or it expires and then they can't renew. So, you know, you just got to be conscious of this kind of stuff because, and be reasonable about it, because if you don't, then you may lose the ability to capitalize on it. Does the length of time that, that you allow change based on the, the amount of wood that you're going to be cutting? Yeah. I mean, of course, within reason, uh, you know, there's certain, and sometimes it's not even the acres. There may be an event going on to where let's say local meals or one meal is going to be having a shutdown or going on, you know, running one set of products and or one species, as opposed to if it's a multi species of product meal, again, just varies in parts of the country, but you know, just certain market conditions and size. So yeah, every, you know, both sides of this deal have to be reasonable with the other. Um, Otherwise you can't do business, you know, it's like any business deal. So you want to keep it as short as you can, but at the same time, not, cut your nose off to spite your face because you know you can win that argument but lose the negotiation i should say if you're not careful about it you know jonathan when i think about that you know it's both sides are trying to 
time the market. I mean, you know, you've got the landowner, he wants to get the best price he can. You've got the the wood buyer who's who's trying to make sure he doesn't buy too high and, and see the market go down. You know, he's hoping it'll go up. So both sides want to win, you know, and want to do well. And But is there anything in Texas that says maybe we're headed for a decrease or an increase? Any kind of, you know, big picture things that would uh, make you believe that uh, you're going to see an increase or decrease in prices, or, or does it look like it may just remain flat? Don't really have anything point directly to, uh, other than, you know, this past quarter we have had, there was a tropical storm, Nicholas, that came in and brought a lot of rain into Texas this past quarter. I mean, there's continued to be investment out there. You know, GP announced some expansion and upgrades at their Pineland Mill in Texas, too. Lincoln Lumber has uh, proposed a new sawmill in Crockett, Texas. And then, you know, you uh, look at OSB and panels. Uh, Royo Martin's proposed a new OSB mill in Corrigan. So, you know, you've got pretty substantial investment from uh, names that have been out there for a long time. So stability is just what I point to. Uh, and I think that's overall, that's what's good for uh, the markets in the South is that we've got a lot of investment continuing to come in, both from uh, long-term names that have been in the South, but also, you know, other investment coming in outside the South. Well, I know that it makes me feel good to know that I've got somebody local who's active in the market and I can go to them with, with my questions about what, what we should do. You know, should we wait to cut? Should we cut now uh, and really be able to lean on them and, and their knowledge? But if folks want to stay up to date on, on what markets are doing across the South, you know, in their market and, and otherwise, how can they get a subscription from you guys, you know, and keep up with everything we're talking about here and all these different trends and really everything that you guys cover? Definitely. We would, we would love to talk to anybody uh, about a subscription. Uh, the easiest way to get in touch with us is to visit our website, www.timbermark-south.com. Uh, you can get our contact information there and can reach out to us. We'll be glad to talk to you, give you some direction there. You know, always I caution everybody, uh, markets are local. So uh, the best way to make the best decision for your long-term asset is uh, to talk with a consultant in your area uh, and get that local information and that local feedback. All right. Well, this week's current timber market update has been brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. They also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more info or a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And also brought to you by Southern Seed and Feed. Do you want to provide better nutrients to your deer? If so, try Southern Buck Food Plot Blends. Your deer will love it. At Southern Seed and Feed, they specialize in making textured feed for horses, cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, chickens, small animals, and wildlife. Their products are proven irresistible, scientifically formulated, and promote excellent herd health and hunter satisfaction. 
They supply products to various distributors in the South. So visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. Clint, today we're going to be talking about something that's been a point of contention in every deer camp I've ever been in. I swear, one of these days, maybe it's going to be a retirement thing. I'm going to write a book on deer camps and all the bickering and politics, things that go on. But we're going to be covering this subject probably in a little bit different way than what most people are used to. We're really going to be talking about how to age a deer after the kill to be able to confirm what you thought the age was on the hoof. Oh, man, this can be kind of a dicey subject. What, what's your, been your experience with aging deer? Well, it, uh, I don't know that I really want to solve this problem because once we do, I won't have anything to argue about with everybody at the camp for three hours. That so means I just have to go to bed on time. Well, the, the thing is, is for me, it's like, so this is going to confirm what the two and a half year old buck is, which is the one that tastes the best. And then, you know, then I'm going to be like, yeah, I shot him because he was two and a half years old, you know? <laughs> yeah. You just change your position. It's like right. a debate team. I got right. it. Oh, man. Well, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting show today. Joining us today is Heather Stevens with DeerAge.com. Now, Heather, you have a great acronym after your name, and it's B-S-H-T-L-A-S-C-P. So tell me what that means. Yeah, I know. It's it's a lot of letters. Um, <laughs> so the B-S is for a Bachelor of Science. I have a Bachelor of Science in Microbiology. And the H-T-L is for a Histotechnologist Certification. Um, that's, uh, the study of tissue. So I'm certified in that. And then the ASCP is for the American society of clinical pathology. So, um, I'm actually certified through that governing body to work on all tissue types, both human and animal. You and my wife would get along. Well, y'all like to stare through a microscope. It, it sounds like, <laughs> so, uh, and Heather's got more letters after her name than you've got in your whole name. <laughs> it's a lot about this. Show. It is. It is a lot of letters. Oh man. Well, let's talk about accurately aging deer, you know, before we do that, tell, tell us about deerage.com, how you got into this business. Sure. So deerage.com provides cement manuelite aging services, which is, um, we cut up the deer teeth and we put them on microscope slides and count the rings that form on there. And I, I got into that because of all those letters behind my name, I have a pathology company. So what we do is we cut up all animal tissues for uh, veterinarians for diagnostic purposes and also for research purposes. And Deer Age was my client. Um, they needed slide prep services. So I've been doing it for quite some time. And then I purchased the company from the previous owners at the beginning of 2018. And since then, we've really um, been growing it quite a lot, just with the help of my husband working the social media and then just making some different changes to make it easier for the customers to use. So that's kind of how I got into it and a little bit about what we do. That's awesome. So why do you think, based on what you're hearing from the people that utilize your services, why is aging deer important? In my world, it's all about trying to let a, a buck get old so he can have his biggest set of antlers and we can all brag about him right. uh, for, most, for most people. I mean, is that sure. really what, what drives this market is people wanting to see their, their animals express their, their most potential? Sure. I mean, I, I've kind of found as I've gotten to know a lot more of the customers that a lot of people are doing it for a lot of different reasons. There, there is an aspect of fun to it. So, so there's the hunters that really just have kind of been keeping an eye on the same buck for a while. And they just want to know out of curiosity. 
Um, there's people that want to age their kids first year just to make it a little bit more exciting. And then there's large management companies that have leased land and they have huge fines for people that do shoot young deer. Um, there's fishing game that are doing population studies and trying to manage the populations. Um, and then there's, you know, like what you're saying is like people wanting to argue about when you should pass on a buck and when you shouldn't. So it is all over the map, but I do think that it's a valuable part of conservation. And I think as more people start doing it, they do tend to say, oh, okay, I thought I was shooting this really mature deer, but now I'm seeing that I'm actually shooting a little bit younger deer. So maybe I will be a little bit more discerning or uh, that guy's going to be super ruddy and um, I'm going to go ahead and, and get a younger one so that he tastes good. I, I mean, right. it, 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 it's definitely a valuable tool for sure, depending on what you're really wanting to achieve. Yeah. It's going to end a lot of debates. You really know how old they are. And we've all heard, I think at this point, if you've been deer hunting for very long, the different characteristics that you're looking for in a live deer to tell you, to give you some clues as to how old that deer may be. Right. But we've also all been wrong. I mean, we've all seen an old deer that was skinny. We've all seen a really old buck that had really, you know, young looking antlers yes. uh, because he was on the, on the downside or he just never did really did grow a big antler. So why is it some of those characteristics that we all have heard uh, for aging whitetail specifically, why, why might those not be accurate? Well, deer experience different environments in different parts of the country. So to have one set of characteristics that everyone hunting whitetail in the entire U S should follow just doesn't really make sense to begin with. Right. So you, you look at, for example, even just Canadian game, they're going to be a lot bigger. Um, some of the Midwest that are really well fed, they're going to be a lot bigger than say maybe some Washington deer, you know, so, so to have one chart to age on the hoof, just really, it, it doesn't make sense. The best thing to do is really age game on the hoof for your specific region. Right. So that's why aging them after the kill is really important because then you can start to learn, first of all, how old do deer get in my region at all? I mean, that's where aging does can be really convenient too, because if you age a doe and it's 21 years old, well, deer in your region do get really old, right? Hmm. And so maybe letting the bucks mature even longer would be a value. Yeah. And I think about like in the South, you know, where Clint and I hunt, you know, we spend a lot of time out there and our winters are not harsh. You know, I, I would mm -mm. say that we have, I would guess that our winter kill is almost zero. Sure. I mean, I, I just, I've never personally seen any evidence of winter kill. Sure. I don't know. Have you, have you Clint? No. Yeah. So, I mean, I would think that that's not really a factor for a lot of, for a lot of the whitetails. Right. And like you say, how old are those deer even getting? I mean, sure. is it possible that, that we're not letting them even at, if, Hey, this is a six-year-old buck yeah. and everybody says that's the best age to kill. Well, I don't know. Is it? Right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's going to vary is, in hunting pressure too. Right. So what region are you in to where there's a lot of hunting pressure? Um, I've heard the term since taking over this company, if it's Brown, it's on the, or if it's Brown, it's on the ground or something and they're killing them just <laughs> any type of spike and it's hitting the ground. So the deer in that region aren't going to get very old 
anyway, because someone's going to be taking them. So then you're wanting to know, well, what's the best I'm going to get out of this particular region. So learning your area is like the most important thing, not just following one chart that someone says, which, you know, those, those aging charts are based off of molar wear aging, which has been proven to be wrong anyway. So let's talk about that a little bit. So mold their finger (laughs) in its mouth, feel the teeth and say, oh yeah, he's real old, you know, because it was way worn down. So what you're telling me is that these, these charts that we see on how to age a deer on the hoof, those are all based off of molar wear. Well, I would say a good majority, obviously a lot of uh, the stuff that's been put out by QDM and QDMA and things like that, they've done a lot of research too. So it's not like they just pick these out of the air based off five jaws or something like that. Right. Sure. And where aging does have its place. Um, and again, it's something where you can gather data, for example, by confirming the age with our service. Right. And, and you can kind of start gathering data, but even just thinking of it from a logical standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. If you've got one deer that's sitting there chewing away at rocks his whole life up till four years old, and then you've got another deer that's been sitting there chewing clover the whole time. That's also four years old. Well, the guy that was eating rocks is going to have more worn down teeth, right? So it just doesn't make any sense from that standpoint. And then you have genetics that come into play and maybe that particular deer just didn't have very good teeth. They worn down, down a lot faster. So it's not a very reliable method. And um, like I mentioned, it's less accurate. They did a study that was comparing basically molar aging to cement manuli aging, neither of which are hundred percent, right? But molar wear aging, they took seven trained biologists that literally do nothing but age teeth by wear aging. And it was only 38% accurate. And when they were wrong, It was often by two or more years. Now you compare that with cement emanuli aging and they were 85% accurate. And when they were inaccurate, it was generally by only one year. So overall, the science is more accurate. So, so when you look at the wear aging technique, it's less expensive. For example, it's pretty cheap to just run your fingers inside the deer's mouth and send it off to a laboratory. So you would think it would be the preferred method, yet governments all across the U.S. are sending in teeth because they know it's not as accurate as cement manulite aging. Well, the most important point of that is nobody can really tell you that you're wrong. Yeah, that's yeah, well, true. This, maybe we shouldn't have brought this to light, Clint. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so true. Uh, yeah. uh, How dare you say that? Like, proven that that's wrong. Gonna be, I need one of those teeth. You can't have my dear's teeth. It's very visible wear. I've been is, told I'm wrong. Up. It's the funniest thing. Yeah. And I, I literally have had people basically tell me, hey, you're an idiot. I've been aging deer my whole life and you're wrong. And I think, well, then why are you even using my service? Just go back to rubbing <laughs> your finger in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're going to so, get it right on occasion. You know, at some point, the law of averages is going to exactly. kick in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Talking about, you know, molar wear, I often see tooth replacement as one of those other aging. What's the limitation in tooth replacement as opposed to wear? So actually tooth replacement is definitely a valuable tool for young animals. You know, white-tailed deer get certain teeth from six months to two and a half years old. And so up to two and a half, it's actually the best way to age game. So we're actually going to be putting an article up pretty soon on that replacement method, because we we really have seen a lot of clients sending in pretty young deer. And the truth of the matter is there's, there's no need to do that replacement, learning to do replacement aging up to two and a half is super easy. 
And not a lot of people are really after two and a half year old deer to begin with, but it's a really easy technique to learn. And so it, it does have its place, right? But after two and a half years old, there's no real guaranteed way other than sending in the tooth. And that's the 85% accuracy. Well, we've mentioned this word a couple of times, cementum annuli. And it it sounds to me like, you know, Clint, to relate it back to what we were talking about previously, talking about trees, it's kind of like the difference between you, you look at a circumference of a tree and you say, well, this tree should be about this, this old at that circumference. And then you take a bore and you count the growth rings in that tree right. and you say, no, this tree is exactly this many years old based on the growth ring. Right. Is that similar? Take me through some into manuali, what you guys really do and which teeth you're looking at too. Sure. That's exactly what it's like. And in, in a way, the roots of the teeth are just like a tree. We do um, cut them a different way. We cut them longitudinally instead of cross-section like you would a tree, but it's exactly the same concept every year in a cyclical pattern. Deer, well, deer not just deer, mammals in general, they have cementum that's growing on their teeth and deer due to the stress of breeding season, things like that, their cementum growth slows down. And then in the growth season, it speeds up. So when it slows down, it creates a little ring when you stain it under the microscope. Right. Um, so all you have to do is count those lines and you can see how many seasons that deer has been on the planet. And like I mentioned, it's not hundred percent accurate. And one of the reasons is because a lot of things can affect those lines. Deer can have growth spurts. Um, one of the things I'm really wanting to do some research on is injuries. I've started blind testing myself. I can actually tell when a deer has been injured or had some abnormality because the lines will not grow straight. They can grow in really unique patterns. They can even be really weak in a certain years. I can sometimes say, Hey, on year three, did this deer have an injury? And oftentimes it's hundred percent confirmed by the clients. So the teeth tell more than just the age, but yeah, basically the basics is exactly what you said. It's just like aging a tree every year. It's going to grow a ring and we just count them. What kind of injury can affect that? Um, so former, uh, like hunting injuries. So got shot by an arrow and the arrow was stuck in there, broken limbs. So, uh, deer with dragging around a broken leg, that's some of the ones, um, one time I had a farm that requested that I relook at all of their samples because they aged a lot younger than what they were expecting. And when I looked at the samples really closely, two lines had stacked on top of each other in the same year for all of the teeth. And so I brought that up to the client and I said, well, this is a little bit unique. It looks like maybe the last two years, um, these lines are just right on top of each other and the deer maybe haven't grown or something like that. And the guy said, wow, they've been pushed off their land for the last two years. And they've been under tremendous stress, not had access to their regular feeding grounds and things like that. And it was just a real eureka moment for me and just got me super excited and wanting to do more research on, you know, what affects the lines and nutrition and things like that. Because like I said, the teeth tell a story a lot more than just the age. That's interesting. It's almost like, you know, kind of to relate it back to the trees you know, Clint, we see a lot of times if you, you look at the growth rings on a tree, they'll be much wider on one side than they are on the other. Cause that, that tree's maybe crowded on or one old side fires. And, yeah. You can see the fire exactly. marks from, yeah. from previous fires and things like that. Yes, exactly. It's had some yeah, kind when, of stress. Well, stress or, or the forest was opened up either through harvest or storms or something else. So they got more sunlight. So the growth takes off and you can tell mm-hmm. a lot about what was going on in the environment around it based on the growth rings, not just its age. 
So it's pretty. Yeah. And then the, all those things affect the reading, right? So, so, you know, we, we keep coming back to the accuracy. That's what everybody cares about, right? How accurate is it? Everyone wants it to be a hundred percent. I want it to be a hundred percent. But all of those types of things affect the accuracy. You know, if, if you've got these lines stacking on top of each other and you can't really distinguish the two, you're going to count it as one line instead of two. We work very, very hard to continually improve our accuracy, improve our techniques, try dif- different things to see if we can make it even better. Yeah, it's very cool. And it all boils back down to if you accurate, very accurately, as, as accurately as possible right now, know how old a deer was uh, when it expired, then you can go back and basically compare notes. If you were paying attention mm-hmm. to that deer on the hoof, you right. thought based on these characteristics, oh, okay, he's got, you know, I'm looking at all of those aging characteristics charts that we've all seen for deer on the hoof. Well, that, that may point to it being three years old when actually it was, you know, you, you thought it was five or vice versa. Sure. The only way to really know and be accurate is to have, you know, a really accurate test. And it sounds like this is the best we've got right now. It is the best we've got right now. We have some ideas on other methods that we're going to hopefully get some funding for, uh, for research, um, that could prove more accurate. I don't know. Uh, that's part of figuring out the research, but, um, I'm really hopeful and just hopeful on expanding the science more. And one of the things that we try to do to just be as accurate as possible is we do listen to our hunters you know, sure. It's one thing to look at the lines under a microscope and you're counting thousands and thousands and thousands of slides. But if someone else has been seeing the deer, watching the growth, um, seeing the injuries on trail cameras and and just doing all of this stuff, they're doing the field research. It's a team effort, right? We're putting together the lines with the observations and really, um, being as accurate as possible. So talk to me about the actual process itself. I mean, I know one of my favorite things to do was pulling jaw bones out of deer. I mean, that's just like the highlight of, you know, my hunt was having to reach in there and rip this thing's jawbone out. You don't have to do that on this, right? It's a different tooth. Correct. The front two lower teeth have the best uh, cementum and all of our testing is standardized for that, right? We can age any tooth in the head, really. But those teeth really have the best lines. They're spread out the most, you know, you can really get a good count. And like I said, all of our testing is standardized for that. And all you really need to do, we do have some videos on our website, but all you really need to do is cut down between the two front teeth and then cut on either sides of the two front teeth. And this is best done when the game animal's fresh. And then you just press forward from inside the mouth to out. And they generally pop right out with a little bit of cartilage attached Um, it's super easy to remove the teeth actually. And then one of the things we've done to really ensure that we're accurate when I, when I took over the company, uh, things were a lot more manual, a lot of manual slide labeling, um, assigning case numbers manually. Uh, We don't do any of that. So our system automatically assigns barcodes to every single deer elk or whatever comes through here. And, um, from the time you as the hunter put the teeth into that barcoded envelope, it has a barcode that follows it through the entire process to ensure that for sure your sample is your sample that eliminates one point of failure for this type of testing to begin with, right? Um, laboratory accuracy is really up there. Um, so the process is uh, fairly complex. The teeth go through the ringer 
You know, we have to remove all the calcium to ensure that the bone is flexible enough to be cut. They have to go through um, several chemicals. They go through a chemical process and then they're infiltrated with wax and embedded into a solid wax mold. And then they're cut on a special piece of equipment by skilled technicians. And then uh, the slides are then stained on an automatic slide stainer and then they're red. So there's a lot of steps that the teeth go through and then we do them in large batches, obviously. And that's another area, you know, of potential inaccuracy is that, you know, if you've got a little bit smaller tooth or say a really old deer, they may decalcify a little bit more rapidly than the rest of the batch and their lines aren't going to show up as well. So, um, sometimes we end up having to do repeat testing, um, and then do them in their own batch, for example, just to ensure that we're, you know, providing the most accurate results. So it's, it's a pretty involved process. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, if somebody wants to do this or maybe they're just kind of on the fence, they're like, Hey, you know, I'd like to, maybe I want to get the age on this deer. If they want to save their, save their teeth, so to speak, is there anything with storage or transportation that they need to know? I mean, my wife's a dentist, uh, and she's always talking about what to do if you get a tooth knocked out and it's not as simple as just putting it in your pocket. Is it, is it different with, with deer? Can you just take these things out, throw them in a plastic bag and get to it when you can, or is there a time limitation on it? Fortunately for you guys, it is as simple as putting it in your pocket. Um, we, we don't recommend putting it in plastic, any, any sample you're going to collect ever. Um, plastic really accelerates the rotting process. And they, if anybody's ever kept a jaw around in a garbage bag for a little while, you can tell it gets pretty funky. So definitely don't recommend plastic. If you're just taking out the front two teeth, they just dry out so quickly. You can just leave them out on the counter even, and they'll just dry right out. And then you can put them in the deer aging envelope or a paper envelope and just label it. So it doesn't end up getting thrown away. We do offer extraction services. So some people are a little afraid of breaking the roots off and rightly so without the roots, we're not going to get an age, right? So what you can do is you can actually cut off the entire front row of teeth about an inch and a half back so that you don't saw through the roots, just remove all the flesh. And in that case, I do recommend sticking it in a bowl of salt or something just to pull out the moisture, but you just want to dry the sample out. That's, that's kind of key. Make sure it's not stinky before it shows up. The postman doesn't like that. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Well, it's very cool to know that there's something out there that can definitively say how old a deer is. And then that's going to give us the, the knowledge, you know, on the back end to be able to make better decisions in the field, regardless of what your goal is. I mean, sure. Your goal may be to ha- harvest that, that trophy who's expressed his full genetic potential and he's at his peak physical condition, or it may just be to, you know, knock out a two and a half year old for the freezer, whatever it may sure. be, but this is going to help you make better decisions uh, in the field. If folks want to check out more information about cement manuli aging, what they would need to do. Uh, you mentioned some great resources on being able to extract these teeth uh, and, and just get more information about what you guys are doing at, at deer age. What's a, what should they do? Where should they go to, to get more information? Well, the best thing to do is go to our website at deerage.com. We have a lot of information up there and we're constantly trying to get it updated with even more information a lot of good, uh, frequently asked questions and things like that, just to try to help people out. A lot of people have the same questions over and over again. You know, if they lost one of the teeth, can we only age one tooth? Yeah, we can. Um, so just visiting our website at dearage.com, that's going to be your best resource 
for getting as much information as possible. And then ordering is super simple on our website. We have a store. You just pick the turnaround time you want, add the kit to your cart and check out, and then you'll get a barcoded kit in the mail. You just pop your teeth in there and send it on back. Very cool. Makes it easy. Well, Heather, thanks for sharing your knowledge today. It's been interesting to learn about about some of the advances we've seen. I'm not really sure how excited I am to, to know that I could be proven wrong, uh, now, but, uh, I, I think we'll, <laughs> I think we'll get past that. Uh, well, but, just, just send a bunch and, and kind of get your bearings first and then start making bets. I'm sure there's a disclaimer <laughs> in there somewhere you can hang your hat on Joe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you know, you, I can already see it hunting clubs are, you know, it's going to become standard practice. And, uh, if you, if you're wrong, it's a, $150 fine. Plus you got to, you know, pay to have the agent done. It's, it's, we already uh, have a lot of that going on with a, a lot of different lease land. People get fined a lot of money. And so yeah. we're there to kind of help out as best we can. I mean, I, I definitely caution some of these places that are imposing really large fines um, only because uh, if you have a good management plan in place and you're, you're doing a lot of feed, a lot of intervention, things like that, you can have a shift in your population. So deer that previously looked like they were four and a half that were four and a half, they may be three and a half now because what your intervention is actually working. Mm -hmm. So, um, to find people on that is a little bit of a sticky wicket. If you're not closely monitoring the shift in your population, in my opinion, that's a good point. I mean, you know, we, we see a lot of places that are managing purely on antlers, you know, a certain spread, a certain number of points, a certain main beam length or a certain body weight. And I've seen all these kind of different ways that it's just really guesses is all it is. Yeah. And one of the things we just started offering a brand new service this year, and I'm hoping it goes over well, is we started offering data analysis packages for our customers. Um, Everybody has a a customer portal, so you can see all your deer in one place. But one of the things that we're going to do is a subscription services, um, download your deer statistics for a three-year period of time, and then return graphs to you so that you can see the, the shift in your population, if there is one. And at the end, there's a little deer profile that says, okay, your average four and a half year old weighs this, your average five and a half scores that, you know, and it's just a real graphical representation of what your population is doing. And by doing that every year, you can closely monitor any of those types of changes so that you are adjusting a fine structure to what's maybe more suitable for your property. Yeah. Or, you know, not like you say, instead of a fine structure is adjusting what kind of uh, improvements you're going to, you're trying to make. Is is this habitat, you know, improvement that we're making, or is this feed supplement that we're giving, or is this restriction that we've put on everybody really making a difference in the quality of the animals that we're harvesting? If it Mm -hmm. isn't, you know, we can change course. You can abandon it. Yeah. And we, and we are working on a lot of nutrition studies, hoping for a lot of participation any of our clients that are doing any kind of food intervention, we're encouraging them to participate in our free nutrition program so that we can be pulling those slides and looking closely at the data to try to determine really scientifically the best type of feed. Very cool stuff, Heather. Well, like I said previously, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. And I hope some folks will go check you out and see everything you guys have going on. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. All right, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. First South Farm Credit. First South can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. To find out how First South can help you, visit their website at firstsouthland.com or call them at 800-955-1722. 
They are an equal housing lender. And also brush clearing services. If you've been considering forestry mulching, don't forget there is no substitute for horsepower. Brush clearing services provides high output, high production forestry mulchers from three to 600 horsepower. Smaller skid steer mulcher runtime rates may be lower, but BCS production will be two to three times more than these smaller machines. BCS prides itself on providing dependable equipment to ensure project completion is on time and under budget. Check out their full line of property and land services at brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690. And also brought to you by the National Deer Association. If you are a landowner or a hunter who leases land or is a member of a hunting club, then purchasing hunting land liability insurance is essential. For as little as a few cents an acre, the National Deer Association offers the broadest and most comprehensive coverage available, including member-to-member coverage, guest coverage, and coverage for many high-risk activities involving tree stands, ATVs, and firearms. Many other policies contain hidden exclusions for these activities, so don't risk your assets. Go to thedeerassociation.com to protect yourself today. That's deerassociation.com. Clint, that's interesting stuff on the uh, cement manuli front you know, being able to really finally know within, like you said, 85% accurate is way, way more accurate than anything else out there. But just to really know, Hey man, I'm, I'm pretty sure that deer's four and a half. And then you find out it's actually six and a half or he's actually three and a half. I mean, it, it it's going to really help you in the field. But the thing I was thinking about too, listening to Heather talk is, you know, we talk a lot on here about the importance of trail camera photos, being able to articulate the value of your property. If you ever go to sell it, I mean, we see guys that love their property, but they're ready to buy more acreage or get something a little closer to home. They end up selling their property. And when you can show people what a property has produced, how much easier is that conversation for the next recreational buyer? Yeah, it helps a lot. I mean, you can tell somebody what you've done, show them all the pictures, you know, things like that, but you still don't have, you know, this kind of confirmation. So I think it just further cements what kind of really equity the the deer adding to your property yeah and i mean you're not talking about a tremendous expense i mean heck i'd do it just to not have to pull a jawbone anymore you know it's like uh it's not a lot of money it's something that you could do for your entire really you could do for your entire deer herd every deer you kill uh you could do it i think it'd be that data analysis thing is really cool to think about if you did this two or three years and you said look you know we had we, we supplementally fed in that second year or uh, we planted summer soybean crops or, you know, we did, we did different things to try to influence the herd and you could actually tell if, if it had had an effect. That's just a lot of possibilities there with what she's talking and about. And there's a lot of opportunities for, I told you so's as well. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stay out of and that. Then, That's one of the good parts about owning land is uh, nobody has to, you don't have to listen to anybody about what you decided to take on your property. You must not hunt with uh, your or family. what you didn't. Well, uh, uh, luckily, luckily I own the land. They don't. Yeah. So the, uh, hey, they can say whatever they want. They may not get invited back if they get, get too loud. Well, I've got a neighbor that, um, I won't name in his names, but his name rhymes with Patrick this away. Um, <laughs> shot a spike on us last year by accident. This is a lot of opportunity that I could send that tooth in, get it aged to show that it was a year and a half old, get it framed, turned it to a plaque and then mount it on his wall <laughs> with wood screws. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Well, let's wrap this thing up. 
Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you to get the podcast emailed to you each week. Just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. You'll join our email list. And wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros at landhunting.com. That's going to do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. This week's Hunt Land Show is brought to you by Alabama Farmers Cooperative has been serving gardeners, farmers, and everyone in between for 85 years. Visit www.alafarm.com for more information and to find a co-op near you. And also brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. You can visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by Photonis Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Check them out. Photonis Defense, Masters of Darkness. And also SunSouth. From outdoor equipment, parts, service, accessories, SunSouth has you covered. Own the best for less. Visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. SunSouth, for those that do. And also brought to you by Boaters List. Do you own a company that needs to reach boaters, anglers, or marine enthusiasts? Sign up for free today to grow your business on BoatersList.com.